0: What is going on, fellow chatters? Today on the show, I get a chance to chat with pop aficionado and co-host on the podcast, Mike On Much, Shane Cunningham. We chat about some of the movies coming out this year, and we get into a little bit of Toronto Raptors talk. The coffee today is homebrewed Maxwell House, and now, here's my chat with Shane. How are things going today, Shane?
1: Oh, great. How are they going with you, Jason? Oh,
0: pretty good. I mean, I I, I feel like we've been trying to plan this this phone call bringing you into my podcast for for weeks now, but uh, between Christmas and and that cold sickness going around, uh, we finally yeah. get connected.
1: Well, it was all, I was always ready. It was just you. <laughs> oh, you you, it was you just, got the bug. Oh, yeah,
0: it was me. Yeah. It was me. Yeah, that's I'm what easy
1: it was. to schedule. I'm always available for these things. I, I really love to uh, and am honored to be on someone's podcast because well, it does not happen often for me.
0: Well, that is good. I mean, I feel like, you know, part of the mic on much is your voice. You bring that je ne sais quoi to it.
1: Oh yeah. I'm, it's easy for me to be on the podcast when I'm running it or if I like created it, but no one's asked me, like even from the Mike on much podcast, there's Max who's famous in his own right from our and Mike, who's the host. So if anyone wants to interview someone, it's either Mike or Max and I'm always left feeling like kind of a loser. So this is very cool. As
0: I, as I said to you before is, is you, you bring that sort of, uh, uh, not not fanboy, but kind of, uh, like, I, I don't know how to act around people kind of normal. like yeah, But in a, in a good way, though, like in a very positive way. You I like seem that. like how other people would act around the people that you, you bring in and interview.
1: I'll take that as a compliment. I'm the common man, yeah. <laughs> I speak for the people.
0: Yeah, so anyways, I yeah. want to break this down first is... Uh, we, we need to talk Raptors basketball. Okay. I think I think that's quite important at, at this time of stage. Like, you know, it's early January. They're, they're actually doing pretty good <laughs> compared to, you know, how people in the media thought they were going to do.
1: Well, the injuries, I feel like, actually helped them. Like, uh, all these guys came off the bench out of nowhere and just became amazing. Like, Norm Powell, for one, has finally gained confidence where he's playing like he could actually win most improved player this year like i don't know what like last year i think he had four games where he scored 20 points all year and the last five games in a row he scored 20 and last night he just got 18 well I, so it's pretty he's an amazing
0: story i think it really has to do with the coach uh where if you play his game you will play And that gives you confidence. Even if you have a bad game, he comes back to you the next game. And he, and he, he, and he finds a spot for you.
1: And he's not so set in his ways. Like Dwayne Casey felt like he was fairly rigid and wasn't willing to experiment. And Nick seems like he's not scared to be, To potentially embarrass himself, like with interesting defensive strategies or putting a guy in the game that's a bit of a head scratcher. And it usually works out for him because our team seems to be extremely deep, much deeper than people once thought.
0: Well, I kind of find that if it's sort of almost like if the team is down, he's just, you know what, I'm going to try this. I've set it up let's see what happens. And if they lose, they lose. Like they're already losing. So it's not like they were up 30 points and got smoked.
1: He has that like a quirky confidence. Yeah.
0: I think that comes from sort of having that worldly experience, uh, you know, seeing the different ways countries play basketball. Yes. And especially, and, and then having such a, a multicultural team too.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, who's, who's your, uh, breakout player of the year? You think on the Raptors that you've come to like,
0: that's a tough one. Cause I feel feel like like there's so many this year. Well, it's almost like, like there's, there's, it's just almost like it depends on what the Raptors need at that time. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if they need sort of, you know, a lot of jump, they throw in Boucher.
1: I love Boucher. He came out of nowhere. I thought he was a bit of a bum. And then this year, Slim Ducks like my guy.
0: Well, yeah. And and he just sort of seems like he's got that sort of uh, like Pascal a couple of years ago where you just didn't know which way his legs and arms were going to go. Yes. And I think that's sort and of. I,
1: I love his unconventional three-point rhythm. <laughs> it actually, uh, Mike Veerman shoots a little bit like him, like that, that kind of catapult crank behind the head. But players don't really have the scouting report on them, so they let him shoot it, and it goes in. So it, he's kind of a secret weapon to throw in there.
0: Yes. Well, I, I mean, yes, Compare, you know, seeing your your three-on-three your, your, uh, on, three on the weekend. Oh, yeah. yeah, you saw Mike's highlight. You yes. saw his
1: shot, eh? Very unorthodox, but effective.
0: But you, now you've given away the secret.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know. But he, it's, be, I think he developed that cause Mike's a little bit shorter. So yeah. he's so, he's so scared to get blocked and it's a really good defense. Cause I can't, I have long arms there, and I cannot block What
0: player Mike. in the NBA does that? There's one he's uh, short uh, and he just kind of puts it behind his head and just throws it up in the air and you have no idea how it gets into the net.
1: I can't think right now of, uh, yeah. I, I know Larry Bird, who was not short kind of had that catapult, uh, Form also, uh, I can't think of a player right now yeah. as similar, but Slim Duck I think is yeah. somewhat similar to that. But I think um, it,
0: it, he mixes up the 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 other team's defense because they don't know which way he's going to go.
1: Yes, and, and he's not a guy you have really pinned uh, in the pregame meetings as a, as a huge threat, but he sneakily is.
0: And, and unfortunately, sometimes you think you could just put up a finger and just knock him down.
1: Yeah, he is very, <laughs> very slight of frame, but, but he does not seem weak.
0: But he's strong, like he's not like he yeah. looks. But he, you know, like I've seen him go through defenses, and you go, "Oh, okay."
1: Yeah, it's very deceiving. Yeah, yeah like, I, I love him. Uh, I'm actually a little disappointed with OG just a little bit. I thought OG was going to be my guy this year. In fact, I bought like an OG jersey in anticipation of him being my fate my new favorite player and he on a fast break i feel like he doesn't know how to finish he's almost exhibiting the way norm used to be where he would panic a little on a fast break and go too fast and he, he's he's not great at finishing around the rim or dunks i love his hustle but he's not my guy in the way i was hoping for but every other raptor player has kind of well, exceeded yeah, my he's heart
0: been day. really up and down. Yeah. Like some games he's just teams can't touch him, but then most games it, it just seems like he's there, but he's not.
1: Yeah, he's kind of doing what Norm did last year, where you yeah. would have the the odd breakout game where you're like, this guy's incredible, and then he would just fuck up three games in a row and you'd be like, okay, maybe let's get yeah, him but then, uh, over but it but
0: then also unfortunately he he uh he doesn't take his like offensive breakdowns and sort of say, okay, I'm gonna play good defense. Yeah. Whereas you know, I feel like even last year, like Norm and 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 Fred, you know, even if they weren't having good offensive games, at least they protected their net.
1: Yeah, which is odd because OG's kind of known as a, a defensive player, like a three and D type yeah.
0: player. But even like last night's game, like they were just going by them.
1: Yeah. And it was yeah, just... <laughs> it's, it's weird. Sometimes I'm, I, I just watch OG and I'm, a, I'm just a little uh, – he's not meeting my expectations, yeah. in especially in contrast to how much everyone else in the Raptors has seemed to yeah. step up. Like there, Maybe McCaw is another player. I'm a little unconfident with him having the ball in his hands at the end of the game, which kind of has happened in a couple of close games where the Raptors threw the game away in the last 10 minutes – or last, sorry, five minutes – and uh McCaw's not a guy I really trust right now. But, but it, well, that may, being
0: said. But is he going to be on the court in the last minute? No.
1: That's the problem. He has been. <laughs> uh, and that, that's just to show how unconventional Nick Nurse is. There was one game where it was like the last 20 seconds and McCaw threw Lowry just this terrible bounce pass. And it went out of bounds. And Lowry just like knowingly shook his head and was like, it's OK. And then we lost the game. But, yeah, there's been moments like that. Uh which I've been really confused about why McCaw's been out
0: there. Well, I mean, on another hand, though, is, hey, we're in the playoffs. Let's see what we can do. So, you know, Nick Nurse gets his team ready for and sees who can do what coming up to the playoffs.
1: I do agree with that uh, strategy normally, but the East is so close, like from, uh, like, from two to six, it's still a race, and every game kind of is important. It's not really – I don't think you can kind of just throw away games and, and test a guy like that. Maybe if it's garbage time or something. I understand what you're saying, that we have to uh, uh, apply the pressure when the pressure is actually on in a game. But still, I do think it's not worth it overall because we need to win every game to get that good first-round spot in True,
0: yeah, because, I mean, you don't want to be – you know. Sixth or seventh No, going into – and and it's into... – it's
1: like the East – this might be one of the only years where the East is actually better than the West. Like it's so tight and competitive. Like maybe no one's better than the Clippers or the Lakers, but I mean from two downwards on – if you compare the West to the East, the East seems to have a better lineup of teams.
0: Yeah, eh, but then, you know, come the playoffs, who's going to knock out who and who's going to represent the east? Will, yeah. will be will be the tell tell, tale, right? Like yeah, the east might be better, but then is that, you know, going to wear them down for the finals mm-hmm. compared to if LeBron or Kawhi have a easy run to the to the finals?
1: Yeah. And is a guy like McCourt even going to play any minutes at all in the playoffs True, like maybe yeah. in her extreme emergency so but yeah. why even risk having McCaw yeah. out there in the last 2 minutes but anyway i'm i'm feeling confident and i am somewhat delusional and a bit of a homer but i'm feeling very confident in the raptors this year
0: yeah i mean we feel like the raptors are good but i mean at the start of the year there weren't too many in the in the nba media that even thought the Raptors were even going to make the playoffs this year. And that was just kind of like yeah. very, well, very Kawhi, Kawhi
1: got a little over-hyped and over-credited for our success. Like, people didn't realize how deep our team was. And people only paid attention because the, the spotlight was on Kawhi.
0: But I also think, like, having Kawhi helped bring up the experience level of players that might have been somebody like Norm or even Fred Van Liet. Um, you know, got the confidence by playing with Kawhi, and that translated into this year. Having, well, I more...
1: agree with that a hundred percent. And but and that championship DNA. Once you win that championship, you just have that. It seems like you have that swagger in your step, knowing that you've been there, done that. So you you have a little bit of a uh, like a a cushion under you that almost it doesn't even matter what happens this year because we've already done that, which ironically gives you the confidence to play better.
0: But I, I I just don't feel like like people around the league, just not not in in the teams themselves, but the media felt like they I don't think they I think they really misunderstood how well the Raptors team is built. Oh, Even I agree coming with off that hundred
1: percent. The only people who were giving the Raptors the benefit of that were contrarians who were kind of trying to do a counterpoint just to have a conversation going on on these shows. Most people just think the Raptors are back to almost being nobodies. Only now people seeing how deep they are and uh, Pascal being in consideration for the most improved player uh, award, which would be insane because no one's ever done it two years in a row, (laughs) that they're actually kind of getting uh, attention because they're like the cool team to win it now.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And um you know that the swagger that they do bring to the court cuz I mean, it's just it goes right from, you know, Kyle Lowry right through like if you look at it it's like okay, you need points. Okay, just pass the ball to Fred. He'll get you a couple of threes. Yeah. Um you know And, and
1: don't you feel like Lowry's maturity is a lot better this year now that it's almost like he gained the most from Like what you were saying um, about Kawhi giving people a a level of how to behave and how to be on the court and confidence. I feel like Lowry finally has that in a way that he's never had it before.
0: I like the fact that he's not arguing as much on the court. Yes.
1: Yes. He's doing it like in a more like with the refs. He's always such a bitch to them. But he's doing it now in a more charming way. And he doesn't. Hassle them to the point of getting a technical.
0: I think he understood understands now when to argue and when to put up a yes. fight and when to just let it go, and go. Okay, let's just get that two points back.
1: Yes, or, yes, one hundred percent.
0: Hey, I got fouled, but they didn't call it. Okay, let's stop, stop and get you know get a fast break and get a get get mm-hmm. two points, and that's better than you know a foul.
1: Yeah. And uh, I'm loving Fred, obviously. Fred is like, like I know his nickname Steady Freddy, but he's so lived up to that. Like his three-pointers, insane right now. It, like his percentage he's shooting is just phenomenal. And I, anytime he's out on the court, I used to worry about him all the time. I haven't done that in two years probably, even had like wondered why he's out there. Like it's almost like he's, he could we could trade Lowry and I wouldn't even be that worried.
0: Well, he just has this, like when he has the ball, he now has that presence of everything is good. Nothing is going to, you know, nothing bad is going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. And you, and, he and, makes the right decisions yeah. every time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it make the right decisions. That's kind of what I, I, I tell my daughter in her basketball league, you know. Yes. Like, they have players that go into the corner and it's like stop. And it's like, why are you at the farthest away from the net getting surrounded by yeah. the other team?
1: Oh yeah, that, I struggled with that in my basketball <laughs> career because my, my dribbling, when the pressure's on, my dribbling is the first thing to go and I get trapped very easy and panic. And that's what I, um, when my daughter starts playing ball, I'm going to try to instill that in her as well. Yeah.
0: It's like you have to make those quick decisions, but the right decisions. Mm-hmm. But that comes with experience, right? And that comes with, you know, having that coach. And, and it goes back to the coach. Having that coach that... If, if you make a mistake, he throws you back out there and says, hey, improve.
1: Exactly. Let's gives you opportunity to fail yep. and then fail like again. And you can yep. kind of learn from that. And you get and more, I think a lot of the times when you're when the players are nervous, it's just because they're they're playing too fast. Like OG plays too fast and he thinks that he's going right. to outspeed someone. But this is the NBA. So it's like you almost have to slow down. And make the right decisions. Wait for the teammates to catch up to you, so you can actually have passing lanes.
0: And, and unfortunately, some people have that ability to slow the game down, and some people don't.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's you, what Norm has unlocked. I found he used to not have that, but now Norm is actually playing with a very high IQ on the court, which it used to be his uh, number one Achilles' heel.
0: But and and I also think it it's also he's been given the green light to if you want to score, go score.
1: Yes, and, but and Norm that, kind of always didn't give a shit now he's just actually hitting a shot,
0: well, yeah, and but he's, it, yeah, he's being smart, yeah, yeah. so anyways let's <laughs> let's stop because we've had like oh no a really good conversation on the Raptors, but you are known yeah. as the pop aficionado on the mic on much,
1: yes, that moniker was given to me <laughs> out of desperation because Mike wanted to figure out a way to justify my presence on the pod. So he was like, let's say you're the pop culture aficionado, (laughs) when in reality, Mike is actually much more of a pop culture aficionado, way more articulate than I am. But he's such a nice person to include me that he wanted to give me a a title that, you know, they say it's like Uh. uh, uh, if, if you say something about yourself, people will just intrinsically believe it. And people do. People to this day think I am a pop culture aficionado, and I think you're no different.
0: Well, I mean, you.
1: you, you <laughs> well, I can talk on it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, hey, if you can talk, and you do talk on it, so. Yeah, oh, maybe I do. You are. Yeah, I'm
1: just not as. Uh, Mike <laughs> is like a. It, when something goes into Mike's brain, he hosts the Michael Much podcast. Yes, yes, it is like a steel trap getting in there, and he can verbatim repeat every line from a movie, every line from an article, and it's very impressive to see uh, someone with that capability. Whereas sometimes I watch a movie. And second it's done, I'll realize I zoned out for maybe 20 minutes of that movie and need to rewatch it instantly. And I, I can't remember characters' names in TV shows and movies, even if, like, I've watched Mad Men, was obsessed with it, and I don't know half the characters' names. And it's a very uh, weird flaw to have for a pop culture aficionado.
0: Well, I mean, I guess you just have to, to, you may not have to know the characters, but you need to actually know the story, right? Yes. <laughs> remember what actually happened.
1: Which is my problem when it comes to superhero movies, because I lose the plot in superhero movies and I cannot enjoy them.
0: Well, granted, sometimes there is no plot in those movies.
1: That's the way I feel about it. But then I talk to someone who, for lack of a better term, I'll call a nerd, will totally inform me of how important the plot is and how deep and how layered it is. And I was like, wow, you caught all that? Because I could not follow anything. And like the new terms for planets and characters and so many <laughs> names and backstories going on. Well, so I, I, I just get frustrated.
0: I'll give you a really, really, really easy uh, 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 jump into the pulp culture. Yeah. Um, I'd like to actually talk to you about movies coming out this year. Right, and, 2020. And, movies to look forward and, to, yeah. and the, And the continued trend of... What old is new again? Right, we have a ton of movies coming out that lack <laughs> laugh for a better word. Uh, I don't know if, if it's like, well, we've run out of ideas, but hey, they may be good. Uh, we've got Top Gun coming out. Yes, are you excited uh, for that? K-
1: uh, I do like Top Gun. Uh, I have good memories of it. It's like it's always the movie people watch when they got that first DVD player or laser disc. It's like let's do in Top Gun and test out this sound system. So I do have good memories from that movie, and I do like it. And I am looking forward to that. Yes,
0: movie. Uh, uh, Bad Boys is coming back. I say it's out right Bad... now, but yeah, Bad, Bad, Bad Boys. Boys is...
1: I'm, I'm, I have like a, a curiosity about it, but it's not the curiosity that's going to drive me to the theater. I might check it out for. Ten minutes to the the completion, depending how good it is when it's on Prime or Netflix yeah. or wherever it ends up. Uh,
0: coming to America.
1: Oh, that's one we just we just watched this recently for our podcast uh, called The Pedestal, where we yep. review movies and see if it should still be on. And i I was a big fan of this movie when I was young, uh, but rewatching it, I don't think it held the same. Like, comedy is always hard to stand the test of time, I find, but this one really didn't. Do it for me, but I still do think Eddie Murphy, his his life and career is very interesting, and I would check it out just because I'm so curious to see how it would play out. Uh,
0: and I'm I'm more more or less I'm curious. Does he have? Did it come back for him? Because yeah, he, yeah I mean, hundred percent. He he. I mean, he did have a, a series, uh, uh, you know, a couple of years where he just whatever movie came out was just horrible yeah it's like his personality
1: seemed to like when he was 22 it's weird when that's like the apex of your personality and career and then from when he got into his 30s it's almost like his dna changed and he just became this really nice guy who was scared to rub people the wrong way when when he first came out when he was 20 he was he was almost like um Who's that very offensive? Andrew Dice Clay. He almost had that type of swagger. Not as crude as Dice, of course, but he still was not scared to be edgy and offensive. And then he became this really nice guy and did more of these family movies or these fart-based comedy films that just weren't as awesomely cool as, let's say, Beverly Hills Cop or his stand-up special.
0: I think if you look at his movie career and his actual personal life, it kind of veers to where, you know, he started having kids. So that's where he kind of went to sort of the kid humor movies. Yep. And now that his kids are older, he's kind of, okay, they can see what I used to be like. And he's more comfortable being that person again.
1: Well, still under the safety net of I'm going to redo a movie that was big for me. 20 to 30 years ago. For sure. Like what did, well, what did you think of his SNL
0: appearance? Uh, like, I thought it was great.
1: Yeah, it was good. Like it, it was
0: good? I mean, it's great seeing the old characters, but you kind of want a a little bit of what do you have now?
1: Exactly. And that's the hardest thing and I think his he I think he's scared to be unfunny because he's on such a pedestal yeah. that he doesn't want to let anyone down, so it's kind of like I'll go back to the old favorites and I can't fuck those up, right? Which yeah. he didn't.
0: No. The, oh man, it was great. But even like, even his, his, like his, his joke on Bill Cosby was just, that was Eddie Murphy right there.
1: What was his joke again?
0: Um, it was, uh, imagine, uh, you know, uh, I'm on the stage on SNL and he's in jail. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. Who would have thought that yeah. in the eighties? Yeah. yeah. That was really good,
0: but I mean, have you seen Dolomite is my name?
1: I tried starting that one. I know this one has a lot of hype, and uh, people are not going to agree with me. But I just could not get into that movie, and I shut it off, which is unfair to the movie because maybe it did pick up halfway through. But I did not enjoy it.
0: Some some movies are like that, eh? Like it's just it it's it takes a while to get into, but then you know, do you give it a chance or not? Yes,
1: and a true testament to how I am with my phone. Like I'm, I'm not giving. It's not like back in the day when we used to go to Blockbuster, say I've spent the money on this film, I'm going to watch this entire film. Now we have so many options. I'm giving stand-up specials like two minutes, yeah. and I'm just flipping them off and watching a travel show, and then I'm watching Dolomite. And it's it's not fair to the art.
0: You, true. Yeah, it's much easier just to switch a channel than to 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 stick it out.
1: Right, because I feel like I have such a finite amount of time, but the shows are almost endless, so I'm trying to like utilize my time so, so properly, but it might be doing me a disservice in the end because I'm missing out on things that people are talking about.
0: Is, is there too much choice now?
1: I, I think so, because it's like content is so king that I don't even... I'm so lost on what to actually sit down and enjoy. It feels like I should be watching everything. But I get overwhelmed, so I end up watching nothing almost and just going back to my Seinfeld reruns because I know I love those. Yeah.
0: Well, it's almost like, like there's almost like a new show coming out every month. And it's like I still try to catch up to the show that came out a year ago. Yes. Uh, you know, where do you break up your time? Especially – and then for us, you know, with kids – finding that time to 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 catch and it's almost like well you know what I know everyone talks about the show but I'm I'm I just don't have time
1: well and then you feel like the the trains already left the station so like a show like Boardwalk Empire I was so ready to watch that but then I felt like I was behind the public lexicon so everyone's talking about it and then after a month or two I'm like I'm too far behind on that one I'll catch the next cultural A popular thing like so when fleabag became this thing that uh was it reached like a fever pitch of popularity i tried even though i was way behind still i tried to catch it before all my friends really caught it and that one i did enjoy but those things are so few and far between
0: oh for sure and and i think it's a little bit easier to to fall behind because you can find it somewhere
1: Yes. Like it, Exa- exactly. Exactly.
0: You know, it will be playing somewhere at some point. Like for me, um, you know, I watched Game of Thrones. I started in September, last September, mm-hmm. and finished at the end of November. And
1: you started uh, the series from the beginning. Yes, because I never. Oh watched, I never
0: watched it. Right.
1: Me either. That's that's impressive though. And,
0: and it was just like, okay, I I want to see this, and I'm going to see it. And it was. And just what did kinda, you think? Oh, I've, I loved it. It was, okay. it was, it was, uh, um, I love the politics in, in the show. Whereas it's right. like, you know, some, some of them were like, you know, we're going to work this out and, 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 and you know, we'll figure out a way. And then others was nah, I'm going to do what I want to do and that's it. But I like right. the, the so, sort of the the pull and tug of 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 the power, right?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because you can apply it to almost any, like an office dynamic or your food dynamic with your friends or anything. It just happens to be in, I guess, it's in like a old, very old times yeah. so or like. No, I guess they don't say the time period, but it's just like I,
0: very I, old. I mean, I did enjoy because it, it was, and there was lots of you know, like lots of sort of uh, past that you know, the characters could go and it was like, and you think they chose the right one and then end up not choosing the right one. Yeah. But yeah. And and, and had
1: you read the books at
0: all? uh, No. And luckily my brain works in a way where it's like, even if I was told what the ending was, was I would forget it by the time I got around to watching it.
1: And sometimes the journey is so much more important than the ending. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, I know what, like, okay, I've told what would happen in the end, but I want to see how they got there.
1: Yes. And there's so many mini endings within the series, probably. Like, it's like, you're not even worried about the very end because that's, that's so uh, far away. Of course, watching it. There's there's so many cliffhangers along the way.
0: Of course, watching it, it's like, oh, that's where that hashtag came from.
1: Yes, I know that, that it was like a red wedding or yeah. something. That I was, was like, a big oh, one. that's
0: I, where that came from. I get it now. Yes. All these people talking about it. I'm like, oh, I don't know.
1: Were you disappointed with the final season? Because I found that to be very polarizing for people.
0: I think watching it in a shorter period of time didn't make it that bad.
1: Yeah, that's I think interesting. If you, yeah. Donate,
0: if you donated your time watching it once a week for, you know, seven, eight years, I think that last season would would be tough. Right. But I think seeing in a shorter period of time, it really wrapped everything up as much as it could in a, and in so a, in you a don't And the
1: you don't have the time to complain about it with your friends because sometimes it's something, like I actually watched one episode of Game of Thrones in my life and it was the last season and it was the one that was a little bit dark and hard to see yeah. the fight scenes. So I was just mildly complaining to my wife i was like oh this is this is weird it's way too dark i feel like my eyes are fucked up and then it it bothered me a little bit but then i went to work and everyone was talking about it and there was articles about how shit it was and then i was actually mad i was like yeah that really was shitty but people had to uh, all this time to build up so much steam about their hatred toward that episode i felt like it carried over and put like a uh uh a bad shadow on the whole season whereas if you're watching it and you don't have time to even think or complain that much and it's already the next episode the, it, the season's actually not as bad as it seems
0: well i i think with 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 that 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 episode uh for me it wasn't it didn't come off that bad because the the quick build up to it in, in mm-hmm. you know like from starting, you know, within 2 months, the quick build up to to that episode really sort of gave uh extra umph to the sort of where they just don't have like there was just not that 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 opportunity to plan out it just happened. Like yeah. plan out the fight. Like it just it happened and it happened in the dark and that's kind of where it was supposed to happen.
1: But I just felt like on a technical yeah. level, they really messed up how you're supposed to see it. And I thought it was just me at first, or maybe my wife was noticing. But it turns out the internet was just on fire about this. And the Starbucks cup, of course, that seemed to rub people the wrong way.
0: But I th- I well, yeah. I th- I think, though, like, like it, it was easier for them to, per- like, on a production side, to have it that dark.
1: Yeah, but people don't mm-hmm. want to hear that. No, people are no, like, this is the greatest they, show, highest earning show yeah. in history. Yeah. Let's put in a little bit more effort
0: here. Yeah, true.
1: And I think people finding the Starbucks cup, that depending on how invested you were, they were like, oh, this is a sign. This is like a an allegory for how much they give a shit about this season if they're willing to let little details like that slide.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that that is sort of the, the person that's supposed to observe that obviously did not see that in the scene.
1: Oh, but even if you catch it after the fact in editing, if the person fucks it up on set, the technology, like you, you got a dragon flying through a uh, breathing fire. I'm sure you can digitally remove a Oh, star
0: no, bus. no. I, but I'm saying, though, like the, 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 yeah, the, the, per, the, the person or people that are supposed to, you know, make sure things flow right.
1: and yeah, not having a lot of insane. eyeballs to
0: get through it. Eh? Yeah, and it just seems like, okay, maybe they just checked out, like,
1: yeah, but that's up, just a ton of eyeballs to check out it, on. You it, just statistically yeah. it's almost impossible where you'd almost think it was on purpose.
0: But I think also the fact though, I think if you if you watch the documentary uh I forget what it was called, leading up to the, to the final season and going through the final season, everything was really rushed that f- that mm-hmm. last go. And I think that's kind of where that falls apart is is you know you spend so much time uh making the show good over you know a number of years but then you come up to the last season and they just want to get it you know like everything gets rushed and, and mm-hmm. things get missed unfortunately
1: yeah yeah very very fascinating though
0: now before we 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 check out um yeah he, 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 you're sort of known as as somebody who likes to to cause a little trouble in social media. <laughs> am bit? I? Jeez,
1: I like I like hearing all this stuff because I am uh, as self aware as I like to think I am. I often have no idea actually what people think of me, well, and that's well, interesting.
0: I mean, it's just it's, you know listening to Michael much. You sort of seem to get blamed for for um, a few. Uh, uh, messages sent from the the Mike on Much account. I
1: am willing to I am willing to take a risk, and I'm fairly. Uh, I don't really watch my language probably as well as I should. I can be insensitive accidentally, uh, but yeah, I, I would say you're not wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, now, are we sort of at the downslope of 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 being negative on social media?
1: Uh, like, do you mean, uh, are people getting over being so sensitive or do you mean, are is it be- I think, is it beginning to be where everyone's just nicer on social media? Well, yeah.
0: Like, or like, are, are we still like, you know, I mean, they're still going to be trolls no matter yeah, how nice uh, people are, but like, at what point is it like, okay, we're done and I just... think
1: the troll business is always going to be good. And I think one of the only things that's going to break the troll industry is people not being able to have burner accounts, which I've heard being discussed where everyone's kind of accountable for everything they say online. And there's things like blockchain, which I have no effing idea <laughs> what that actually even means, but where everything is has a permanency and almost anything you do can be traced from the beginning of your internet life to the end of it. So I think once once people become more accountable for their actions online, trolls will be done away with, but that's only until burner accounts can be gotten rid of, because I'm not sure if you notice anybody who's like, hey, Shane, you're a big-nosed asshole, and then I'll look at their account, and they have zero followers and zero posts. They're just using it to make fun of me.
0: Oh, yeah. like I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like, as long as people are able to make accounts where they're not accountable, mm-hmm. um, I think yeah, that will be true, uh, and and
1: also the the more freedom you have in your job, like if you're a stand-up comedian, you're more likely to say something uh, uh, maybe misogynistic, or if you if you make a lot of money through a podcast, like Joe Rogan, he'll say whatever the fuck he wants. I heard heard him using the f word to describe uh, gay people, and he was just he's not scared because he doesn't rely on a company misinterpreting what he meant behind his words.
0: True. Yeah, and uh, I mean,
1: so it could get worse. if like because there are more people who are independently employed and successful via social media, and if they feel like there's no consequences, I think it, it could even get worse. The more people are, uh, or better, depending on how you look at it, the more entrepreneurial people get. There is a little bit of freedom in not having a corporate boss.
0: True, but yeah, and, and I just think like at some point uh, we ha- people are going to have to stop investing in people who throw negative comments at them. Yeah. Especially as you say, like those who just have, you know, or, you know, have, you know, might have 10 followers or just opened up their account last month. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's like, you know what, don't, why are you investing your time into, into that Invest it into something better?
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree with that. Mm. And I, uh, as, and it's maybe due to my age, that I'm a kinder, nicer, lamer person, because I'm older, I have kids, I have a kid on the way, and it just makes me feel better to be nice. Whereas when I was younger, it was cooler to be sarcastic and make fun of people more.
0: Yeah, and, and like me, like, I think as, as the older you get, the more you're going to go, Ah, I just don't have the energy.
1: Yes. And, 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 and what is this life worth, right? Right. It's worth, I get more joy of being kind than I get out of making other people laugh at other people's expense. Whereas I used to get so much, uh, from impressing people with my, I'll call it wit, but really it was just crude bluntness or uh, shock value. Whereas now I'm just, uh, I don't get any joy from that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Before I let you go, I have a segment called Fast Five. Okay, five questions. First thing that pops in your head, fire it off. Okay,
1: I'm, I'm. I will say I'm very bad at these, but hit me.
0: Who is your all-time favorite raptor? <sighs> all-time
1: favorite raptor. All-time favorite raptor. Uh, okay, the joke answer would be Jean Tabac. That's the original sender. Uh <laughs> Who's my real, real favorite raptor? Um, Oh, I love Doug Christie.
0: Interesting choice.
1: Yeah, I just loved his game. Yeah. And, and when I was growing up uh, playing basketball, he was somebody who wasn't so physically intimidating that I felt like I couldn't be like him. And he was a great defender and great passer. And that's parts of my game that I kind of covet.
0: Okay. The next one might be hard. Who is your favorite member in the Mike Much crew?
1: Uh, do you mean that just the crew that's on the podcast, or do you mean the Champagne Poise crew, which is an extended group? It, or do you it, mean just the it f- could three be, people? It
0: could be the extended group. It's mm-hmm. it's really up to you.
1: Okay. I'm going to say my favorite member of—I'll just keep it to the Mike How Much
0: crew—would
1: okay. be Max. And that's just because as famous as he is, he's not he's not afraid to say— uh what's on his mind even if it's kind of unpopular or controversial and i think that's so cool of him to be that way max is a sorry mike is a great host but mike is such a great host he's always so aware and so smart about every little word he says and to me that's not as enjoyable as watching max kind of go on a weird tangent about something very unpopular opinion yeah so i'll say max
0: what toppings do you like on your pizza
1: I am a pepperoni guy, first and foremost, but I have recently got into green olives and extra pizza sauce as the base, especially if you're ordering a Domino's, they never put enough sauce on there.
0: Do you have a favorite beverage?
1: My favorite beverage, sadly, is a tie between coffee and Diet Coke. Water is not my go-to thing, which it should be.
0: Now, speaking of coffee, favorite place to pick it up?
1: Uh, my favorite place to pick it up uh, is a place called Relay in Hamilton. Um, but the place I go to most frequently, which I know is not the question, is Starbucks.
0: And that is it. Thank you very much, Shane, for oh, man, for joining me. That was a fun conversation. We learned we learned a lot.
1: I had no clue we were going to go so much about the Raptors. Uh, I feel uh, like uh, I should have prepped uh, that a little more. Uh, uh,
0: well, I had <laughs> I, I had two questions. And somehow we ended up talking for a half hour on the Raptors.
1: Jeez. All right. Well, that's, that's you're way good at goes. what you do. That time flew. <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate okay, this. We'll
0: talk to you later. Bye. Yeah. Bye, Jason. I would like to thank Shane for chatting with me. And you can find him on the podcast, Mike on Much, as well as twirling around on their Twitter page, Mike on Much. Thanks to you for tuning in, and you can contact me on Twitter at Jason Perrier. That's at Jason, P-E-R-R-I-E-R, and use the hashtag chance to chat with if there's someone who you want me to chat with. Until we chat again,
1: I'm out.